Welcome to episode four of User Guide to Humans. And in this episode, Erica and I are going to give a very brief summary of the 10 personas, which we're excited to do because it's what it's all about, isn't it, Erica? It sure is. I'm, I'm really excited for this one. I especially would like to get into the details between the differences between the animals and the birds. So we have three animals and the animals really describe the way we function in life, our style of processing, our style of going forward, our style of decision making, which is very interesting. And if you're a lion or a dog or a beaver, there are very, very big differences, aren't there, into how you process and how you walk through life. And no matter where your animals may be on your map of six personas, the first animal you have, my God, does that say a lot about you? So shall we look at lion first, Erica? Yes, let's, because that's the one that comes up first. Whenever you see the, the personas in order, lion always sits up the top. Is, is that for a special reason? Lions have sort of dominated our history for the last 4,000 years. If we're going just a tad deeper, I've, I've looked at the masculine patriarchy and the way our world has been historically over our era that we belong to. And as I briefly mentioned before in another episode, the persona archetypes also reflect who we were in history, what, what roles we've played. And I think that really helps give them depth. And if you have a persona, you relate to the history that they've had, be that I just have a, a natural understanding of it or I see it in an epigenetic way or a generational way through the family, however you might like to frame it. If you have personas, you are connected to their stories and history. So I think we might give a little clue today, Erica, just to understand them, who they were in history as well, because then you start to see the gifts they have, the fears they have, how the default settings where they keep getting stuck and hitting the brick walls. Okay, so with lions, then what what were they? What what was their history? Because when when you hear the word lion, you think of you think of royalty. You see the lion with the crown. You see the, you know, the leader that roars and 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 leads. You know, this is the point. The personas have always existed. The archetypes have always existed. Have a look at the UK. Um, you know, they'll have the picture of the lion with the crown on it. Uh, we'll see these symbols of the beavers everywhere. They've always been there. What I've done is I've brought them out of an unconscious place where we're putting it front and centre. Like I said on a previous podcast, you all know what a peacock is. They're not shy and retiring, are they? They don't wear grey or beige. Peacocks are stylish and colourful. Okay, so lions, very quickly. Yes, lions have a huge sense of being of the aristocracy. Even if you're born dirt poor, if you've got lion strongly, particularly in your top three, lions have a sense of entitlement. We're royalty. We were born to rule. We're born to lead. We have a sense of entitlement that uh, we know best. It's my way or the highway. Love crises. Let me step up in a crisis. So there's a sense of privilege around lions. There's a sense of being commanding. And we always give light and shadow with this work. And so they can be an inspirational leader if they've been able to move from child into adult or elder. But in child, 
Lions are really bossy dictators. They are tyrants and they are hard work and they never apologise and they're always right and they'll argue till the sun goes down next week. So what we, we talk about the greatest fears and the greatest gifts. So what would be the fear of a lion? Okay, um, the, the fear of a lion is to be beheaded. <laughs> Think about the history of lions. Think about Anne Boleyn. You know, think about we've all seen a lot of lion in media. So Game of Thrones, which was so hugely possible, um, popular. How fascinating was that? We were looking at the rival houses fighting wars for ultimate power. Mm. So that's lion. And we looked at appalling lions like Joffrey and Cersei. And it's really interesting. You see this everywhere. We all know about this. We're just giving it a name now. So you go, ah, that's what lions are. So their deepest fears is to be misunderstood for the things that they believe that they were destined to do and make a big difference, to be misunderstood as being really selfish and narcissistic, where there's a very good heart in, in adult lions. But people get sick and tired of them bossing and ruling when they were not invited to. A little lion might go to kindergarten and decide they know better than the kindergarten teacher what we're doing today. It's a very big persona and energy to manage. They're charismatic but they misuse it a lot growing up. And then that causes a lot of pain, but lions won't show it. Mm. So being beheaded in a, in a literal sense for people living today, like you said, being misunderstood, but losing and failing and being replaced, those are all things that would put a lion off, right? Absolutely. So being dethroned from whatever your little power throne that you live on and they like their royal entourages by the way lions like to have their little entourage a royal court with them that's a natural way of being but that to be dethroned and to have their vulnerabilities exposed so maybe a better leader comes in we'll see this in political parties you know mm. i don't want to be dethroned i don't want a conspiracy over there where they're going to bring me down and replace me so we pretend we don't have any faults and so when they start feeling challenged they they do not back down do they they oh my god They've, they've been practising at war for the last 4,000 years. If you look at history, I've got a book about the history of the world and you just go through the centuries and the decades and the war, this country trying to take this, this country taking this. It's like endless history of war. So they're very gifted at battle. They're very strategic. They're very cunning. They fight to win and they're quite ruthless. Now, if this is in you and you think, wow, but a lion listening to what we're describing, Erica, is going to go, yeah, I know I've got this inside of me. And we're living in, as we are in the 21st century, so we're not out trying to fight countries and so forth, but we, we know we're different and people look at us and go, why are you so competitive? Why are you so intense? Why do you have to win all the time? What is that about? And we can't really explain it, but we have been shamed for it. And let's acknowledge the fact that, that lions can be extremely triggering to people who do not have lion. Definitely. And we feel the one thing that lions hate just to finish on is to be told they're too much. It's too anything. So it's like you are too dot, 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 because it's so big. And, of course, we don't know how to use this energy. The persona archetypes are, are energies. They're primal energies. They're, very, they're compulsive. You can't shut them down. If you try to shut them down, they will come out in the child shadow way. So if you're not in a good place, we misuse all our persona energies. And the lions is a big one. So they get into trouble big time. Their mistakes are pretty epic but they also believe they're quite special and they're here to make a difference. 
and to learn how to be safe with this energy is what this user guide to humans language is all about. Lions are sick and tired of being executed, of being publicly hated, of being shut down from the throne of wherever they are, of being denied the leadership role that they long for, but they need to know how to use this well so they don't repel and alienate people. So tell me about the genius of lions. What, what are their gifts? If you have a high line in your map, what might your purpose be in life? You're going to want to lead and be a pioneer in whatever it is you love. And you will crash and burn multiple times, but there's a phoenix rising energy in a lion, extraordinary resilience. I will keep going. If you challenge me and say I can't do it, you want to see how motivated I am. I'm going for it. So there's enormous strength to keep going with what they believe they were born to do. Now, sometimes this is quite delusional, what they think they were born to do and where they're aiming for can cause more damage than positive outcomes. But there is there definitely is a place for them to make a, a sizable contribution. So I want to validate that, that dream. But the, I think a key lesson here, Erica, with Lions it's not that you are to have followers and to be served, which is the child lion way, have extraordinary success and wealth, which is an innate thing for the aristocracy and for a child lion. It just is, it's just how we're wired. But in when you move to adult elder terms, there's a lot of humility and genuine nobility, which you can't see any of in child. And it's, I don't want that. I, I want to contribute. I want to serve. I want to offer what I have. And they just work manically forever in how can I improve the quality of life for others when they cross over to adult. Beautiful. Let's move on to the second animal, if you don't mind. Uh, we're going to quite a different energy here in dog. Mm. It's interesting. I think I said in another episode that I had to get the breed of dog right because there's so many different breeds of dogs. Golden retriever people. Now, if you know a golden retriever, they are gorgeous. They're very kind. They're loyal. It's like the companion archetype, the best friend archetype, the loyal supporter that will stand by you forever. And they stand by lions. Dogs and lions often spend a lot of time together There's because the lion really appreciates that unconditional support. However, Dogs get into trouble because they become so passive. They're so used to following. If we have a brief look at their history, the dogs were the working class, of which most people were in history. There was only a very few who were out of that. So most people lived in very dire circumstances. They were servants. They were nannies. They were cooks. They were chauffeurs. They were the gardeners. They were the working class. They never had opportunity to better themselves. They didn't have any opportunity to dream. So when we ask someone with a strong dog persona, what's your dream? They don't know how to answer that question because I'm just here to serve and to make sure everyone's happy and that people are well looked after. And is there anything I can do for you? Dogs love to feel needed because that makes them feel safe, that makes them feel like they belong. If they've got a role in how they can help and be useful to people, that's when they're most happy. So they're naturally extraordinarily humble, but they are also passive and they can become, and they do become dog's bodies who are walked over and they don't know how to speak up for, no, I don't agree with that. <laughs> the dogs listening to that just had a heart attack. Say, no, I don't agree with that, because you know what could happen, Erica? They'll be out in the kennel. They won't be able to sleep in the house tonight. And then if they've been bad and said, no, I don't like this and I don't want this, 
then they might be on the street and be a lost dog and be astray. So it's always about I feel like the only way I can survive is to be attached to strong people because I can't do it on my own because that's their history. You know Downton Abbey, which is an extraordinarily delusional, romanticised version of Upstairs, Downstairs in the aristocracy in the UK. But it was much harder than that. That does not do the story justice. But you can imagine that someone who's working downstairs all their life, if they're lucky enough to have a job and they're not just living, barely eating and starving, food's very important, feeding people and food's very important to dogs because they've starved in history over and over again. So just to be grateful for I've got some work, I've got a role, I don't need a lot, that's very dog. So their greatest fear, a dog's greatest fear, is essentially it's abandonment so they don't disagree they don't challenge they don't confront they fly under the radar try to avoid any chance of being abandoned yes and uh, any chance of displeasing someone so there's a level of anxiety and fretting in dogs that i just want to make sure you're happy with what i'm doing and i've and i've anticipated your needs well but in that sense they abandon themselves chronically so their key lesson is to move from just being a dog's body servant, that how you can imagine in relationships, this is a really bad dynamic because it sets mm. up the abuse of power, which lions can then do and other personas can do, walking all over their dog partners. This is not okay. And if a dog doesn't have enough self-respect and strength to know that I can speak up and the world won't end, it takes a lot of practice to move into the things we're weakest at. That's part of the path for dogs is to stop abandoning themselves and know that your needs, your dreams, what you want, and when you say no, your boundaries are extraordinarily important. And once you stop abandoning yourself, you're teaching others to treat you with far more respect. Mm. So tell me about the, the gifts of dog, because, I mean, they radiate this, this maternal warm feeling of, of comfort. And it, it's like if you had a, a grandmother who was a dog, you know, you would have loved going to her house. Absolutely. You would have felt cared for and and admired and loved and you know just embraced by that that beautiful feminine energy that comes from dog. But when when a dog moves into adult and elder, does that energy change a little bit? Do they stop caring for other people, or do mm-hmm. is that their that is, their, that is who you are, dogs. There's a, it is a natural mother energy, a natural nurturer energy. And some personas have got a, a more masculine energy to them. Some have got more feminine. Some have got a more neutral energy, which we'll go into at other times and in other courses. So it's not gender specific. You know, a lot of men are very strong dogs. A lot of women are very strong lions. Um, it does. It's not about gender when I talk about this. So there's a very maternal energy here with dogs. So, yes, Incredible patience, modesty, kindness, anticipating others' needs, not putting expectations on others, like I need you to be this, I need you to succeed at this, not thrusting them into you have to achieve or be ambitious in a certain way, like genuine unconditional acceptance for who you are and I just love you and I've made these cakes for you and you want to sit down and tell me all about your day and you know whatever you're going to tell them they'll just be delighted and love you just the same way at the end dogs don't like to go to trauma and depth though may I say they like to keep everyone happy can everyone just be happy and get along please end of story so well no that's all right and so they'll be encouraging but they won't ever want to go through in depth they're very conflict averse 
But an elder adult dog has got self-respect and self-boundaries and they won't tolerate disrespect and people treating other people badly. They will demand that we treat all people inclusively and with respect, not in an assertive, aggressive way, but just, no, that's not how we do this and we do not speak to each other like that. You need to, and it's when it's said quietly or you've disappointed me here, I we need to speak like this here. That's what an adult elder dog can do. And I tell you what, even the lions go, oh, my God. The authority of that is incredibly powerful. And we talk about lion resilience, but dogs have been through hell and back, living miserable lives of poverty for eons. Talk about resilience and survival. And so all they had, they didn't have material things. What they had was the ability to connect and to love each other and to appreciate relationships because that was all the goodies they were ever going to get. They were not on the material path in world ladder so relationships and caring for each other and a sense of family is very big for dog i think that sounds like the recipe for success for the world right now doesn't it we're so individualistic and you know it's the goals that that society sets for us are about success and money and and beautiful looks and the dog values i think sound sound a lot nicer (laughs) Well, we look at this, don't we, in our courses and going further. Uh, We need, dog has been last in the animals in value as the feminine has been. Our world is actually going through a massive change. It's almost like the world is transgender. We're having a transition from where masculine is the greatest to neutral is fantastic and it's the way to be. And it's being turned upside down and there's a place for all, but it's the feminine in multiple ways there's different types of feminine depending on the personas the feminine and that kindness and unconditional love and care to be who we are is coming through very strongly and the younger generations know this erica they are already on this page of emotional intelligence it's not about an achievement it's about meeting people where they are seeing them hearing them validating and understanding and supporting people where they are and that's what dogs do brilliantly right the third animal is a beaver and you know you think of words like busy as a beaver so yeah. I'm, I'm i'm assuming here that beavers are quite um busy doers would that be right are they doers beaver let me ask you as you're listening to this as we're sitting in your lounge room here or as you're driving along or going for a walk have you got a list in your mind today just possibly have you got a list of what you would like to get done today so that you feel productive, that you've achieved enough, that you feel worthwhile as a human being. Beavers are very driven to work. They were sort of middle class, if you like. We've done aristocracy, we've done working class. We're sort of middle class where I I want to become independent and rely on myself for my financial security. I don't want the lions to pull the rug out from underneath me and cause us to go into a worldwide depression like in the 1930s or the GFC 2007, 2008. I don't want that. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to study. I'm going to learn. I'm going to get training so I've got a good job and I'm just going to work, 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 work because my security, my literal security is the only way that stops me from falling into poverty and living a a working class existence. So historically, beavers very strongly of the Industrial Revolution And it's strongly of middle-class professions, you know, that where you've trained so that you've climbed out of that and you are not vulnerable to the whim of a king or a lord who says we're throwing you out of your tenancy and you're out on the streets. 
beavers are all about security if we're talking about deeper sphere the deeper sphere of failing publicly of losing work of being ill of not being able to be effective of being frail in old age and not able to look after yourself independence is massive isn't it for beaver, erica yeah i would agree i'm going to up myself here as a, as a primary beaver and i can i can guarantee that all of this is 100 accurate for me and um as a beaver, you you do want to be incredibly independent. You set these high goals for for where you want your life to go, and these goals span forty years. They're not like long next term. year. What you, yeah. they they are extremely long term planned. It's about getting mortgage free. It's about it's about leveling up in your career. It's about you know yeah check boxes and calendars are, are two of my favorite things in the whole world, but. Um, I'm so even what, what not all. What no, that's true. What happens to beavers um, when they are in child, when they get caught up in this? I, okay. I could probably tell you, but I'd like to hear your words. Yes. Um, and I have a bit of beaver, but it's low. So I, I understand, but I've raised very beaver. Our, our world has been very beaver. It's really valued this, that you are what you do. Your worth is what you do, and, and particularly beavers hold this strongly. So where do beavers get into trouble? Where they're work, workaholic, there's no balance. They can be quite confident in the work setting and in their work roles, and they pride themselves on organisation, being reliable, proficient, self-disciplined, responsible, um, and they're quite um, perfectionists about what they do, and they'll go over and over and over something because the fear of it not being good enough and then putting their long-term security in danger is a terror. So in the child, they are overly demanding and rigid and pedantic about that's the rule, that's the procedure. You can't miss that step. My God, the world will end. You have to do this and this and this. And go back and do that one again. It's not enough. And they get stuck in the small details of things. And being busy, being productive, it's all about doing Beavers, though, on the other hand, are quite shy personally. They don't know themselves very well personally. They do not like emotional conflict. They do not like emotional trauma. They will compartmentalise that and send it down to Vault 537 to be dealt with another day, which means it's in the filing cabinet in your psyche and it never gets dealt with. So they don't like to waste time on that emotional stuff. They want to get back in control in areas that they are strong in so what happens for them is they are unavailable to the emotional soul sides of themselves and disconnected and overly busy working themselves to exhaustion. It's never enough. The goalposts keep moving. You've never got there when you're allowed to relax. No, you still haven't got there. There's more you need to do. I don't know if you know, but you're meant to work 27-hour days in a 24-hour day, Beavers. That's just how it goes. But you're also very unavailable in relationships. You can be very demanding when you're and child, you micromanage. And suddenly the smallest petty trivial things become very important. And I'll just have to do it myself because none of you do it to the standard I expect. It needs to be done like this and it should have been done yesterday. And I expect to do that, but I can't rely on any of you. So I'll just do it myself. And then there'll be a martyr where they tell you how much work they've done, how much they've got to do. No, no one can help me because no one can do it to my standards. Does this resonate, Erica? <laughs> quite exposed actually this is 100 where i go when i struggle I've, I've been doing this work for a few years now and um coming to terms with with primary beaver 
as as my as my primary persona and also my highest animal has been one of the biggest lessons for me. I'm going to suggest we actually make this particular podcast episode that we keep this about the animals and that we do a separate podcast on the birds because we've gone into a lot of detail we have and i'd also like to talk to you some more about the animals in the map because we have we have people now young people who are born with no animals and there we are can i have we have people who are born with three animals in their maps and the difference that this makes and and how we do things and how we go about things and how we cope with things is enormous. You call the lowest animal score in your map, you call that the missing key. And what that means is that it is the the key to unlocking what's (laughs) your biggest problem, essentially. Can you talk to me more about that? Oh, fantastic, Erica. Yeah, this is so fascinating as we've discovered this working with thousands of people over the years. The missing animal. Okay, so in generations, just my generation, I'm a boomer, and uh, generation before beavers, there were masses of beavers everywhere and beavers were put up as that's the way to be. Beavers are great for providing for the future, for making sure needs are met, for getting things done, for putting in procedures, for fairness, um, for transparency, for making more productive systems, if you like, for better processes to achieve things on mass scale. That's what the Industrial Revolution was about, moving things that had been subsistence before and moving it on to replication on a mass scale. Beavers can do that. They're very good with numbers. Um, they're very good with money management. They're good at providing the safety nets underneath. They're very good in business. So I'm just giving a bit more light there with the beavers before we jump into it. However, it's really interesting because the generations that are coming through now, there's far fewer beavers. There are hardly any there. I find Mm -hmm. this interesting. And it's like the personas come through in generations for what is needed in our times. So we could go, I will discuss this, and I've done it on other, other podcasts and other YouTube things that the different personas of our times that are needed different decades let alone different centuries so we get a lot of people and kids without beavers now so they're not really good at being ready and organized and their school bag packed and their homework done they've forgotten they've left their shoe and their jumper at the park or i don't know where it is and they're terribly late and they're all of these things and they no, you've got to fit in with the education beaver system because our school system is extraordinary beaver admin bureaucracy is all beaver and we've got a generation of kids coming through that just They do not learn that way. This is not their language. It doesn't work. And that's very much of the Industrial Revolution times. You know, 250-year-old system doesn't suit this generation, hence the mental health epidemic we have, Erica. Just a little sidetrack there, but people will be interested. So missing animals. So if you've got a missing lion, that's your weakest one. If you've got a missing dog, that's your weakest one. Or if you've got a missing beaver, that's your weakest one. Literally learning to apply the light traits, the adult traits of that persona will unlock your potential. Will be, the, And it's the hardest thing to learn because you don't have it. I don't have it. I don't understand it. I don't speak this language. It's like, come on, Erica, I want you to speak Mandarin. I want you to speak Serbian. I, I have no background in this. I know. And you have to speak the light of it, the adult of it. So... You know, if you're needing to learn, if you're a missing lion, being decisive, being proactive, going ahead with what you feel you want to do, having faith in yourself and life, um, yeah, that drive, 
people without line find making decisions, particularly about life path, anything really very difficult. They, they lack the confidence and belief in themselves. That's not something lions lack. But lions have great courage, great determination, and they won't be put off. And you can't say, no, you can't do it. In fact, if you want to motivate them, tell them they can't do it and they'll prove it to you that they can. So adopting the lion, if missing lion, if you suddenly became decisive, courageous, had faith in yourself and resilient, how different would your life be if you put that in the middle of your map? It's like the missing number seven in the middle of your map and you put a bit of lion flavouring like salt and pepper, mix it into your recipe. Would That will change your entire life because that missing bit suddenly means I can go forward now. Now, if you've got a missing dog, you need to adopt patience, kindness, sensitivity, moderation. For people without dog, they're not like that. They're going forward at a rate of knots. They're not patient. They're not kind. They're not sensitive. They're not moderate. Yet if they learn how to be like that, their map suddenly turns into shine. It's like turning the light on in our soul of what we really are. Very hard to do. Missing animals, you've got to learn and start practicing and be thinking about every day for the rest of your life. Eventually, it starts to get a bit easier. And then missing beavers, well, I've got to put routine vision, focus, self-discipline. And if I could just put a little bit of that into my map, all these other things that I've got, particularly in my birds, we're going to start seeing the best of them and their gifts will come out. But otherwise, I keep getting lost and it doesn't happen. So these missing animals, Erica, are really key in, and it's like a shortcut. There's four words, like one word. If you want to add lion, suddenly become a brave heart. Imagine if I was brave today, what would a lion do? I would do this. Oh, so I'll do this. If you're a dog, missing dog, kind heart. If, if I was to adopt kind heart right now, what would I do? Change his life. If I adopt beaver, steady heart, like doing the step-by-step process. These are actually words of emotional intelligence, interestingly enough. It's adopting this one word and then suddenly everything about you starts to move more naturally from child to adult. I love that. I love that. And luckily enough for everyone who's listening, you've written a book about about these light traits of all of the animals and the birds, but uh, there's a book that you can download. You can you can read about all of these personas. You can copy and paste out the the light traits and stick them on the fridge of the of the animal that you don't have. Remind yourself every day that these are the things you need to work on. From personal experience, I know this works quite well. Mm. Um, we, um, we're going to finish up here for this particular episode, but I was wondering if you could introduce briefly what the next episode is going to be about, because we're going to talk about the seven birds and the birds are quite different from the animals. They are. And one of the most important things that we've discovered from animals to birds, we've actually all got to learn how to have pretty solid animal traits. It's like a tripod, a foundation of our life, the groundedness, because animals are on the ground aren't they? There's the first thing. So we need to have a bit of all of them in there. But if we have a great foundation in our life, I don't care what number your animals are on your map, even if they're one like you have, Erica, one, two. The meaning of our life is actually belongs with our birds. The animals are the style of how we go forward and how we make the bird genius, the bird interest, the bird talents come to life. That's our bird combination is telling us this is your genius, go out there and deliver these things because we are in a feminine bird age in the era of our world. We're changing a 4,000-year era into 
slowly into the feminine bird age. It's getting strongly, stronger and stronger. The 1960s was really a big turning point for that. So we're quite a ways in already and it's happening more rapidly. So where the birds are how we fly. So you don't want to fly off course. You don't want to crash into a wall. You don't want to go off into, you know, down to Antarctica when you were supposed to be going to somewhere else. Like where are you supposed to go? So the animals are very important about being grounded, having good life skills, good balance in my life. And I have all the things I need, the tools I need from my animals. And you've got a natural strength, the medium one, and then one you're probably not too crash hot at. I need to work on the ones I'm not crash hot at, get that going. And then my birds can really fly in the direction the way they're meant to. So we'll talk about the bird genius because that's the meaning of our life. And in the dark, the lion says, me being the hero king is the meaning of my life. No, fucked. Go to the bottom of the class. It is not. We don't care. Beavers, being busy is not the meaning of life. And having assets, it's not the meaning of life. Go to the bottom of the class. You don't like that, do you, Beavers? No. You're actually going to have to prioritise what you think is hobbies and interests. No, your bird gifts are what you're here for. And your builder, the builder, is the beaver, the dream builder. Beavers are here to build dreams. Lions are here to have the passion and the tenacity to make sure they come to pass. And the dogs are here to make sure that we are respecting and kind to people as we go about whatever it is we're bringing to uh, the world, which is from our birds. I think you've explained that absolutely beautifully. I can't wait to get into the seven birds with you in the next episode. Thank you so much. My pleasure. See you next time, everyone. 